I'm Scott Blakeman, getting through this in Manhattan. And I'm Tom Saunders in L.A. If you read the New York Times online, you may see an ad for a surprisingly small, portable, battery-powered air conditioner, which you can take from room to room, and you don't need to put it in a window, or you can let it sit on your desk and cool your face, or the floor, or on a shelf, and it's about the size of a toaster, and it's brilliant. And when you look at a tiny air conditioner, what's the first thought that springs to your mind? These air conditioners are going to get tinier and tinier until at last we may finally be able to realize a long-held dream, air-conditioned pants and air-conditioned shirts and air-conditioned socks. Yes, finally we can have microclimates we can wear. <laughs> I say finally, Scotty, and then I realize that astonishingly wearable microclimates are as old as a, well, as a woolen overcoat, long underwear, mittens, or a fur-lined boots. Yes, that's the point of heavy winter clothes, to create a microclimate we can wear. Well, the new line of wearable air-conditioned clothing is, is just a few years away. Some might yell folly, but I say it's a no-brainer. And that brings me to what this is really about. Why do some people think when something is a no-brainer, it's supposed to be a good idea. When someone tells me something is a no-brainer, I get nervous and I think, who is this guy and how can I politely exit this conversation? Well, thank you, Tommy, for unleashing the power that we've had all along but never bothered to look for. Now, I can see that I've always been a wearer of clothes and outerwear that keep me warm or allow me to stay cool, but until now, I just call that fashion. Now I know that it is much more than that. Our sweaters, our wool coats, our fleece-lined sweatpants, the list goes on. They're all scientific representations that conform to whatever climate conditions we encounter. Yes, we've always had the power to create microclimates wherever we choose and whatever we choose. Now, this portable air conditioner that you described that runs on batteries and doesn't require an unsightly exhaust tube sticking out the window is an aesthetic and temperature control breakthrough, a marvel, but simply changing into different clothes or adding or subtracting for what we're currently wearing is like a portable air conditioner that we can take anywhere, no batteries needed. Now, the issue of climate change, of course, still looms ominously on the horizon, but by creating our very own microclimates, we now have ways to cope with the changing temperatures of everyday life. And that doesn't make it a no-brainer, in fact, this reporter believes, as you do, Tommy, that nothing worthy has ever been the result of a decision where the brain was not employed. And I must state once again that I have an aversion to most brain-related cliches, such as no brainer and especially the awful, can I pick your brain? A civilized society cannot tolerate these lowbrow expressions, which are the opposite of cerebral, which, by the way, is the only term relating to the brain that is tasteful and acceptable. Scotty, I propose we take the matter to cliche court. These word hooligans, and that's all you can call them, they, they can be tried under the RICO statute for they are birds of a feather. No brainer, let me pick your brain, wrap my brain around it. And I learned one more recently, you're eating my brain. If somebody <laughs> is saying something that's too complicated and you don't wanna think about it. Some cliches may be more guilty than others. Meanwhile, I hope we can still walk and chew gum at the same time because 
I would like to say that I proposed futuristic wearable microclimate using tiny, new tiny air conditioner technology, but I did so primarily for comic purposes and to bring forth that which is said is the best me medicine, which of course is laughter. I do not, Scotty, I do not recommend clothes that purports to be air conditioned and is rechargeable or uses double A AA or triple A batteries that you would buy in the streets of Manhattan. Again, this is a speculative warning because I haven't been on the streets of Manhattan in more than a year. But Scotty, one email I don't want to get is, hey, because of Tom Saunders, I bought some cheap rec rechargeable air conditioned underwear off some guy with a truck and I wore them while running and worked up a sweat and froze my... You can guess the rest. Well, Tommy, on a, on a personal note, uh, I would eschew the air-conditioned underwear for exactly the reason you discreetly referred to. And I would go even one step further and declare my unwillingness to entertain the notion of any kind of wearable air conditioning or heating equipment. I mean, even those battery-powered heated gloves that Anderson and Andy wear on CNN's New Year's Eve coverage from Times Square, why, they're accessories I would fear to wear. Now, of course, the emergence of fear to wear folks such as myself will inevitably lead to a, a new branch of therapy focused on those of us who have strong reservations about these portable climate adjusters. Note to self, add the word reservations to that ever-expanding category of words that have at least three completely different meanings. <laughs> Scotty, a couple of years ago, the crew of a TV show I worked on in Canada pitched in and bought me a jacket that heated up electrically. Well, it was a marvel, and it really did provide unusual warmth in the cold, late Toronto fall until the battery dies. Then you would plug the jacket in and recharge it. Imagine recharging your jacket. I was, I was touched by the gesture of the gift, but it was hard to get used to the need to plug in a wearable garment periodically or it would die. And adding the weight of batteries and a heating element to a jacket is one thing, but heavy underwear is not even a phrase many people want to hear. Still, in the heat of the summer months, you may find yourself struggling into a crowded, stifling subway car that has a broken air conditioner. And while all who are around you may be sweating and sweltering, you are noticeably comfortable. You're cool a young woman, woman will say, referring to the microclimate emanating from your air-conditioned clothing. Can I sort of snuggle up next to you? <laughs> Suddenly, heavy underwear seems like a good deal. Yeah, a very good deal indeed. Well, indeed, Tommy, the way you describe it, and I certainly, after eschewing all that, the thought of having that young woman snuggle up to me because of the uh, air-conditioning uh, emanating from me, well, that's hard to ignore. But Tommy, of course, as we've discussed privately off air, there are things that exist today. The technology of places like Mack Weldon, where I purchase underwear and many others, moisture wicking, air knit, the air breathing through. This is something that I'm sure in the 1940s, no one dreamed as they wore their uh, uh, or they, uh, fruit of looms, I guess was the only choice you had then. The variety of, of garments for the man and the woman and the noticeable uh, uh, moisture wicking and air cooling properties that exist today. Scotty, a fascinating thought uh, occurred to me off of your, your very point. I imagine a young lad of say 12 or 13 
1945, let's say, and he comes down to and uh, uh, stares from, you know, in the morning, having slept the night, and he said, Mommy, I had a dream. Yes? <laughs> what was it? Of, of air-wicking underwear. <laughs> what? He would be shunted off, most likely, to uh, uh, a psychologist. Oh, yes, a reform school of some kind. Now, that would be shunned. The father would get home and say, I hate to say this, Tommy, but that day, might even wrap him a little bit with the knuckles or a belt and say, stop those thoughts. You know, yeah. underwear is the way it should be now. Don't, you know, and, and you make me nervous. Something Again, I hope that he has warm, loving parents and there's no hitting well, at all, but... This is a person who was ahead of his time, and, yeah. but his parents weren't willing to recognize it. Instead of lauding him and saying, oh my goodness, what a wonderful idea, air with moisture-wicking underpants. It, 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 what, a, what a fabulous, wondrous, uh, uh, I mean, yeah. instead they turn on him and say, that's a strange, bizarre dream, and we need to get you to have special help. Or maybe he's a communist. Uh, or, that or would have been the you know, prevailing fear at the time, I'm sure. And, and so, or, you know, and, and it's sad because the parents could have embraced him and said, we've got our own little scientist here. And he would have grown up to be one of the great scientists. And who knows what happened to this young man? Hopefully he turned his life around. We could have had uh, moisture-wicking underwear a decade sooner. Than oh, yeah. And, and way ahead of the Russians, by the way. But, <laughs> but no. And, 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 and here's the other thing uh, about what you just said. You just, <laughs> so funny. You, 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 you didn't even uh, uh, pound your chest with, with uh, pride. But, Scotty, you just created and pitched a fantastically successful B-movie from the 1950s. <laughs> My son is a communist. A, a, a movie—that's the title of it. Yeah. My son. I don't think there's ever been a movie where my son is a communist. No, no, I could see it, and that the, it's... my wife is a communist. My husband is a communist. <laughs> yes, but my son is a communist, and it all starts out with his moisture-wicking underpants dream. <laughs> I mean, it, that's halfway written already. Oh yeah. Now yeah. all we need to do is get that time machine working, go back to the fifties, and we got our and we're on easy. Oh, yeah. No, we'll be known. They'll be talking about it 60 years later as the guy who made that film and how you know groundbreaking it was and how it led to a, eventually an end to the Cold War and to advances in underwear decades before, <laughs> many decades. And so basically it would not just be a film, Tommy, it would be a contribution to society and a breakthrough in so many ways. Oh, my gosh. Well, think of it. Uh, 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 it would be it would put an end to the McCarthyism and communism <laughs> at the same time. Oh, yeah. So, those two, uh, 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 the, it, it probably would lead to uh, nuclear disarmament before, but uh, instead there'd be this race to have moisture wicking underpants between, and that's a better, Scotty, you can say whatever you want about moisture and underwear and, and, and the billions of dollars, that's billions with a B spent on finding moisture wicking underwear, but it's a better race than the race to build up the bigger Inter intercontinental ballistic missile. Oh, of course. And uh, the moon race, that's the space race, was still a good one. But no, the, the weapons yeah, was a total waste. Because first of all, who goes around going, you know what, I'm so, I feel my life so much better off because they, we have hundreds of atomic weapons. I never think that for a second. But when I've got this, my Mack Weldon underwear and all the new advances, boy, I have a spring in my step and vim and vigor like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I wouldn't believe it, Scotty. Yeah. I 
trouble believing in vim and vigor. When people say they have vim and vigor, I wouldn't, I, I often don't believe them. But in this case, Scotty, I, I kind of think I do. Well, I appreciate that because one of the reasons why we, there's no, to this day, there's no measurement, official measuring instrument that can measure the amount of vim and vigor and pep in a human being. And I, you would assume they must have come up with that in the late 50s. That's when Vim and Vigor was in vogue or 1941 Life magazines that always yeah. peppered that yeah. phrase with many advertisers. But I don't think to this day there is an accurate and reliable instrument that can detect the amount of Vim and Vigor and pep one had. That's right. And so consequently, we really don't know how, uh, uh, how little or how much. I mean, is it possible to have too much Vim, Vigor, and Pep? I, I don't know. Well, you know, off uh, the top of my head, I would say how could, you couldn't uh, unless you might be disqualified from the cheerleading squad. Uh, it, you know, if you're too over the top, you might not fit in. But that would be more of a very specialized thing. I, to me, well, the more Vim, more like Vigor, and Pep you have, the better or something like that uh, uh, th those people can be really tiresome to talk to oh yeah no this is all natural of course and we are in pep that's that's interesting too like just but you're right scotty if we could bring back and I, i'll tell you what i i there are lots of times when we when i i need a lot of vim bigger and pep and i i i enjoy it i i, I sometimes you can talk your way into it like right now i feel right this is amazing but uh, normally, and we've discussed this in the past, I drink a lot of coffee. This is my fourth pot of coffee wow. today. Small pot. But and this, uh, let me state, if I can, for the record, that this is uh, a little after 12.30 Pacific time. That's right. And 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 yes, and make sure that is on the record. Yeah. If I had somebody typing, I'd have somebody read that back to me, make sure that they put that down. That's okay. right. It's 12, a mere, a mere noon, and I've already had four of these little stubby cup and a mug and a half pots of coffee. Now they're mostly decaf, overwhelmingly decaf. It's I would say it's eight part decaf to one part uh, actual coffee, right? With caffeine, yeah. but still, uh, that's a lot of uh, that's that's a lot of decaf coffee. Now, what gets what what's surprising and what is happening and what in real time right now in this podcast this very second is. I am realizing that this podcast gives me vim, vigor, and pep. I mean, well, yeah. if you heard me before this podcast started, here's where I would sound like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and well, I, we've spoken many times after we finish where, you know, uh, I have the adrenaline. But during it, it literally is a magic potion. And if everyone in the world could have their own podcast, we, uh, you know, so what we what we do is in, in lieu of that, because not everyone can do that, we provide one for you to listen to. That's Hopefully right. our listeners get that Vim, Vigor and Pep that we do just by doing it. Well, that's what we need to find out is are our listeners who we know are almost 98 percent geniuses and yeah. the two percent that aren't are very, very, very smart, like yeah. just super, super smart. Yeah. They just haven't done the you know breakthrough thing that makes them a genius. Okay, so we, we know that, that about our listeners. And the question is, are they gleaning from these podcasts? Of course, they're gleaning much information, knowledge, and um, insight, wisdom, and, all, and, and, and a whole host of, of, of other um, great things from this podcast. The question is, are they getting pep, vim, and vigor? We, we are getting it. You and I are getting it. I, I can feel it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and I believe actually, Tommy, you know, we've discussed privately and on these airwaves 
about cutting up with words or a few elevator pitches or sentences to describe what it is we do five days a week. And it's hard to describe it because there's so much that we do and it. It's for entertainment wise and for contributions to mankind. But I would say that could be one of the things, the pod, the podcast that gives you more vim, vigor and pep than any other. That's a great way to promote this. You know, our listeners may be interested to note that one of the challenges of a podcast like this, besides doing one every single weekday and doing the research and, and uh, uh, it's one of the challenges is, is, uh, building the audience but once you start to one uh, once you have uh, you can promote this audience like uh, this sh- podcast the way um kellogg special k uh, was promoted back in the day or um uh post serials with vim vigor this is a podcast that delivers vim vigor and pep yeah i think we found a, a way to that uh, promote our podcast that's way, way beyond the, uh, uh, any other. Uh, and I see a lot. There's a lot of podcasts. And, well, there's, and by the- yeah, there's billions with a B probably. But the thing is, Tommy, none, not, uh, first of all, very few, if any, provide the Vim Vigor and Pep of the magnitude we do or any whatsoever. And none dare actually use those words to describe it except us. Yeah. So they're made for we are we're what's the word uh, uh, owning or taking over commanding these words that were so popular many decades ago, but now will be the words you think of when you think of getting through this with Tom and Scott. I think what we do is we copyright those words, and and I uh, uh, and I mean as fast as we can before somebody else. Uh, well, I bet I bet you know it's open, it's public domain now. Vim, who can use those words in 50 50- those are com- that combination though you can copyright it so vim vigor and pep yeah with a little c and a little uh round thing after it and that becomes our our uh yeah it becomes our slogan Vim, vigor and pep that's what we deliver every single day uh with in a in a, a a podcast that's more than just informative and entertaining it actually gives you energy yeah helps you throughout your work day exactly so you could and 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 you could have that you could go it's a go-to any time of the day yes you could traditionally start your day with it uh with your coffee or in lieu of coffee even or but any time during the day when you lag or even at night when you feel you want to get a little boost just to get you through so it really is for any hour of the day and you could go back to it for uh extra vim and vigor and pep uh time you want yeah Pick out this podcast, plug it into your ears. Uh, nobody else has to know about it, and 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 watch yourself, uh, feel yourself perk up, and get ready for the for it's it's much better than coffee. Oh, or uh, any of course any drug. And people might say to you, <laughs> "What do you had? You had a lot of coffee today, or oh, are you taking something? Uh, you're high on life or something?" You'll just snarkily, and you go, "No." I'm filled with Vim, Vigor, and Pep from getting through this with Tom and Scott. And you can look, see the expression on their face. Those other oh. people, boy, they slink away at that yeah. point. Yeah, no, because, and they, and they go off and they, and they uh, do their cocaine or, or their, uh, um, uh, uh, their, um, illicit uh, something. Yeah. Illicit speed. Well, I'm, I'm, see, I don't even know what they do. Uh, we don't do that. We have podcasts. We have uh, uh, getting through this. You don't need uh, these um, uh, uh, well crutches of any kind or any artificial substance. And by the way, 
when you listen to our podcast, you could get a vaccine immediately. You don't need to wait two weeks like steroids or things like that. Or it's, it's totally you can mix it with anything. That's the beauty oh, of it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. In other words, there's no uh, listening to this podcast will not prevent you from getting a vaccine. You can. Okay, so that's really important. Very important during the, especially during these times, or any kind of contraindication, or oh, you listen to that podcast? Yeah, I'd stay off of the soda. Or, right. Or stay or, off or of lettuce. Better- no, 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 no restrictions. We no go with re- everything. You, it, it, but you get so so you get the vim vigor and peps. But without uh, without worrying about oh uh, oh uh, 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 you know uh, it could go against the, the you know it'll, it could diminish this podcast and this I, I can say it, 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 I mean I, I can't obviously we haven't done the full double blind test but this podcast in no way as far as we we have no reports and there's no reason to believe that it in any way diminishes the effectiveness. Of the vaccine. No, and I'll go. I'll go counter to that, Tommy. Uh, again, there's no uh, no trials have been started at all on this. But I would say, Tommy, one of the important things during these times and any times is keep your immune system up. Now, Tommy, what better way to keep that immunity up than through laughter, through positive feelings, through appreciation? So that literally does make you healthy. Now, and I have to say this in very small print. I have to read the small print. We do not make any claims that this podcast will lead to health or, or there. We've not claimed that, uh, you know, there's many things I have to read, but we are saying. That, I, thought, I thought you did a good job. Well, I did. And I had I said it as quickly as I could. If yeah, you say it you too quickly, they get down. I mean, some that. lawyers might quibble with uh, a couple of your words that yeah. were a little bit generic. But other than that, I think you really covered it all. So uh, uh, here's another just to, to reiterate, just to cover our asses, as they say, um, we do. We hasten to say that we are not uh, that this podcast cannot cure a, um, any serious illness uh, that for which you you have been prescribed medication. Please do continue taking your medication. Yes. However, do not worry about taking your medication and listening to this podcast. No, that's a great I, point. That's, yeah, that's. That we go with everything and, and anything. And so that's that's the point. It's just really uh, add to whatever. Don't stop taking things you need to take. Uh, but uh, this will add to it and it'll leave you in good stead, feeling good about uh, things in general. And we appreciate things, Tommy. And that's, you know, even getting back to our previous topic about uh, it feels like hours ago. And yet it was minute, mere minutes ago because we literally every word we say, we advance some cause or some have a, a message. But. The, the underwear, who, imagine what it would have been like. And in 1948, there was white underwear that no one spoke yeah. of because it was nothing. Or, or maybe they had the boxers and the briefs and that, that was it. Um, well, but no colored underwear, no, under- as we yeah. have today. Scotty, even the mere mention of underpants on a radio show uh, comedy hour, such as uh, Fibber McGee and Molly would elicit titters of embarrassed oh, laughter. And I imagine, I'm sure the code, they were not allowed to say underwear. No. I mean, absolutely. if Jack Park couldn't say water closet on television in the 1950s, certainly underwear would have been verboten. Oh, completely. And uh, But here we are on this podcast so many decades later, and we've said, we've said underpants and underwear at least 12 times yeah. in this podcast. Uh, and nothing's happened. Uh, nobody's and talk about uh, a plus positive uh, 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 appreciating what hasn't happened. 
jackbooted thugs have not kicked down my door and dragged me off for saying the word underpants. No, no, or, or, or cops, you know, as they did to Lenny Bruce, you know, taking us away from our apartments with our phone and we would continue doing the podcast as they pull us away. Um, but no, and, and, and Tommy, going forward, will Time Magazine feature us on the cover saying the Potty Mouth Podcast Kings? <laughs> I don't know. I can't say. We're just saying, you know, uh, I, I would hope not. I think we're being, we're, we're not that at all, but you know, and also Time Magazine, uh, that being on the cover isn't what it used to be. And no, and uh, but uh, I, I still would feel, you know, look, I'd feel somewhat proud of, and I'd say, hey, I'd probably show it to my siblings and friends. Hey, the did you check out Time Magazine? Which they wouldn't. Nobody reads Time anymore. No. So you have to call them up. Hey, check out Time Magazine. What's that? Is that still in business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still in business, yeah. but. Uh, we're on the cover potty mouth um, podcasters, uh, you know, which, uh, yeah, I, I think that would still be good publicity. I don't, I don't think, I don't, and I think I'd be, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't mind, but I don't feel like we are. Oh, of course. No, I, I only say that in terms of the silliness of the past where somebody would, they talked about underwear. No, of course we're actually very, and I say this that's quite seriously. What I, you're saying, so that's what would have happened. Would have happened, but yeah, no, we're we really a, Potty mouth podcasters, and we would be on the cover of Time magazine, and we'd be and, and we'd look like two kind of and and they'd put in a mouth in our mouth, they'd superimpose, you know, those the, all, all those sort of uh, uh, you know, what do they call like asterisks? And oh, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's supposed to be bad, bad words. words. Well, we would be in that era of the, like what they call the sick comedians in their <laughs> term, like Lenny Bruce, and even. I think they lumped in a lot, uh, Mort Stahl, that whole era it was the sick comedy. And so we would be <laughs> on that cover, which I would have loved to have been in their company on the, on the cover. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, there, there was a time, and people today, probably uh, most people, they were, were born before this time happened, when the sick joke was a thing. There was this thing like, there was a sick joke. Now, Scotty, I'm going to tell you one just now. And this, in, in a way, this is... A form of time travel, and I, 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 I want you to imagine that you're gathered around a fireplace, and you're about to hear a sick joke. It, it won't take long. Okay, it goes like this. And this is from the 1950s, Scotty. So this is mm. a vintage sick joke. So people will get the idea of what you just said about the sick comedian. Yeah. Okay. It goes like this. So there's a uh, there's a hearse that's speeding to the. I guess it's late for something for the funeral. Speeding to the gravesite and the back of the door flies open and the grave and the coffin keeps sliding into a baseball game and it slides into home and the umpire says safe <laughs> and that's the uh, that was a sick joke you know, like, I remember, and I, you know it's funny scotty i don't even remember laughing i thought Wow, that's a sick joke at the time. Yeah, I, well, it's almost kind of uh, a sick person would ever come up with a joke involving a person who's dead. It's almost a, absurd, a really. It has such an absurd way about it that it's kind of. Uh, but you know, of course, Lenny Bruce, Mort, so any of them, they weren't. It wasn't sick comedy at all. But they had to create these terms, and I guess there probably was uh, among maybe I don't know if the University of Chicago, whoever, if you were a college student then, a smart crowd. Hey, did you hear the new sick joke? Much like you did now. So you really did yeah. some time well, travel, I, Tommy, I, taking us back to nineteen. It, it was fifty-seven. 
that was time travel just then. Yeah. Just then, we traveled to 1957 to a beatnik comedy place where they would laugh and then they would snap their fingers yeah. instead of applaud yeah. at, at a really good joke. And that was considered, at the time, the cutting edge of comedy. Now I look back on it and say, what's the big brouhaha? I don't get it. A, 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 first of all, the idea that how, why would a coffin slide so far once it falls out of the back of a hearse? Like, how could it just, like, how does it get into the ballpark? Isn't there a fence around the ballpark? Well, or do they have to show a ticket? Is there a gate? Yeah, that's the thing. In the 50s, I think the infrastructure was different. Maybe the roads were smaller. It could just slide into it. Now you well, can't back, imagine it, really. The back doors of hearses were not what they are today. Yeah, that's yeah. Clear. So that joke could not have been written today for no. logistical reasons. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. And it explains why it elicits so little laughter. But in those days, among this, the, this beatniks who are, uh, uh, ex, uh, who were, um, well, you know, they were, they were sick jokesters. You know, they were, that, that was their thing that made them cool. Yeah. It was a cool joke, Scotty. But to me, it, we look back on it and it has, it has us scratching our heads. Yeah, yeah. It's almost kind of uh, almost quaint to the joke of now. It certainly doesn't seem sick. It's just sort of a very abstract. No. But in those days, there was, I don't know when Mad Magazine began or cracked or I think there was a magazine called Sick even. So there was this whole, yes, there was. Yeah, uh, a whole genre of that. Sick were both copiers of Mad Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I used to look down on kids, Scotty. This is this is talk about hierarchical behavior in young children. I would, and, and I don't think we were talking about that, but let's yeah. start talking about it. Uh, yeah. I there was a time when I looked down. I was a Mad Magazine reader yeah. as a kid, and I looked down on kids who read Crack <laughs> magazine because it seemed like it was a copy. Well, it was. It was a copy of Man. I was like, why would you read a copy of Mad Magazine? wouldn't you read the real thing? Yeah. And I didn't have respect for those. Did they ever explain their actions? Uh, no, no, no. And I never demanded that they, I actually probably I did. I, I, I was the type of person and I would say, well, why, why would you do that? Like, what? Well, tell me why. And they would go, um, it's funny. Look at this. Uh, look at this. Here's a funny thing of how these duties is really a rocket ship. And I go, <laughs> it's, it's just a fake well, actually, maybe, you know, the, the awkward thing is be you show me something and then I burst out laughing. And, and then you say, well, I, I thought that was in Mad. I didn't know. It could be like a taste <laughs> test where they show where is this cartoon go, from? And you think, oh, that must be Mad. No, it's Cracked. No, no, Cracked. And you looked down on me because I read Cracked. And then I said, yeah, maybe maybe I'm the one that's Cracked. <laughs> but Tommy, by the way, you made me think of this taste testing, which really was a big thing in the 50s, 60s, and, and the ultimate advertising, really. And it, well, even into the 70s, I think, wasn't there something with Coke and Pepsi? And uh, yeah, I think Pepsi yeah. ran a campaign in which they won. Oh, like, and that some people Coke say they may have spurred on the new Coke uh, debacle. Like, uh, which is funnier, Cracked or Mad, for, for which is better tasting, Pepsi or Coke? And who does, you know, the, the whole taste test thing, yeah. Pepsi, and cigarettes right. also, I believe. And Yes, who'd rather fight than switch? Yeah. Black eyes, and it was a violent time. You know, <laughs> well, smoke and, and punch each other in the eye. Yeah, why would you well, want to fight? Uh, who, first of all, who's going to make you switch your cigarette? Right. That rarely comes up. And then why would it generate a fight? People listening a thousand years from now need to know that there was a time in the 1960s when 
that some ad agency came up with this idea uh, for because this is back when they had cigarette commercials. Uh, uh, what was this? I think it was us, us Tarrytown smokers Tarrytown would rather fight than switch. Would rather fight the, us Tarrytown smokers. Tarrytown, as the Tarrytown is the town of Westchester. And then it was, wasn't it the same one? Uh, should be, which was the one with what do you want, good grammar or good taste? That was Winston. Like, well, yeah, Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. And then I had this, some grammarian going, no, it's as a cigarette should. What do you want, good grammar or good taste? That was actually wow. the case. And, and it's really a choice. Yeah. You cannot have both. No, no. It's, it's been proven. And that's, that's uh, and I, you know, I mean, you, you can't have it all, I think, is the point of that uh, ad campaign. Yeah, yeah. That is, it is sort of funny, the thing of, but that, the, the grammarian, that's incorrect. It should be, uh, 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 it shouldn't be like a cigarette should, it should be as a cigarette. But, but grammarians are, are, in a sense, idiots because... <laughs> There's no logical reason why something should be as or like. So, so much for grammar. Yeah, although there is, and I'll talk, love talking about another time as we wind down, but I was at, when I, I was at the Grillier Club last Monday as we spoke on the air about the lovely magazine exhibit, but there is an exhibit uh, dedicated to English grammar, and there are many books on it. I didn't get the chance to look through them, but it is quite a, a well-regarded field that people devote their life to, and I, well, you know, amazed they had books on it, but they do. No, no, of course they did. And we, we grew up with grammar books. But, yeah. the, but, the, uh, but it also points out that, you know, I mean, the whole thing of us, Terry, or, or what was it? Uh, 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 I think it was us, Terry, uh, was it Terry, not Terry, us, Terry, something smokers would rather fight than switch. Oh, that's that. Us, Terry, oh, then it was Winston like, tastes good like a cigarette should. As a cigarette should. Yeah. That's not the way people talk. No. Uh, they don't say as a cigarette should. Generally, they say like a cigarette should. That was a th that was the the idea of. Ad this is a totally fascinating conversation that no other podcast. No, made. no, and we and it really teases a future thing. It's like, what is the importance? What what uh, it, at what point does grammar become simply hierarchical means of keeping the lower classes from uh, if, if, uh, uh, from advancing in the ranks well i love though that at least these commercials and they were not considered highbrow commercials no you did have a professor or some dowdy kind of guy saying you know so you had a grammarian you talked about grammar so it was kind of nice that that was the theme of a commercial and really i think that was one of the golden uh, golden age and just add there's no are people a thousand yourself forgetting that people in their 30s 20s and 30s don't know about print ads really in the Marvel. Oh, cigarette ads. No, no cigarette ads, of course, were banned. And, and as bad as they were, they were fascinating. Oh, uh, they commercial. were the huge segment of the advertising world. Yeah. That were, those were the biggest. That and cars. That was, that's what, what made uh, television what it was. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah. We, well, we're going to uh, be talking about this time at length because this is, uh, we just, skim the surface but today again we've wow i cannot believe this is 35 minutes you said 35 so. hours and we forgot to eat i would say all right i guess that's right because we fit in so much on this you can't even review it all but uh, no on the, on that note scotty and and, and i just want i mean just to sort of round it out um just kind of uh um uh just to sort of um connect us with the beginning of this uh of what we were talking about, which was online small portable battery battery powered 
<laughs> battery powered underwear, air conditioned uh, clothing, Scotty, uh, uh, all the way to grammar and cigarette ads. I mean, that's a journey. Yeah, and coming up with perhaps our tagline or motto or slogan, uh, the only podcast gig that gives you vim, vigor, and pep. And coming up with a 1950s B-movie, my son was a communist. Exactly, because he uh, had a dream about moisture-wicking underwear that's commonplace <laughs> today. And that was all in 36 minutes. I mean, I don't know, people <laughs> saying, did you speak really fast? What do you do? No, we just don't have any lulls. <laughs> no lulls. That's our key. Lulls are the enemy of, of, of podcasts with filled with information like ours is. So, that would be our WPA poster. <laughs> but well, Tommy, uh, for now, I remain yeah. sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman. And I'm always going to be Tom.